new on CuriosityStream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Isn't that nice? Okay, good morning, Mr. TK. All right, Daryl, thanks for uh, thanks for meeting me on a Saturday instead of Sunday tomorrow. I appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. Yes, I have much going on all of the time. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. It's just hey, ridiculous. A lot of planning involved in, in staying, uh, staying safe. I got to keep up this beard and this hairstyle, this black t-shirt I got to keep clean. It's a lot yeah. going on over here. That's good. That's a safe bet. Black t-shirts. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Hides, hides the dirt. What's what's new with you guys? Uh, I know that um, you I know, this week has been pretty eventful, right? With with COVID and we've got the presidential election coming up and people are, are the, the WHO is saying, you know, lockdowns aren't the way to go. And there's all sorts of this confusion again this week. It's hard not to be the Toronto COVID show. Are we are we are we gonna have Halloween or are we not gonna have Halloween? Halloween. If you have candy at your door, are you breaking the rules? Are you not being safe? Should you do the shoot right down the driveway? If you get egged, will you know why? Mm, that's good. So yeah. so I did, did you see that plumber who's like uh, fixing PVC pipe to people's railings so they have a shoot to to pass the candy down I safely? People in my neighborhood. Yeah, I have people in my neighborhood who has it. Yeah, it's good because it can't be on the candy that you touch and cough in the bowl and sneeze in the bowl. Hey, I think I think Halloween should be a go, and uh, I am going to Durham region just to make sure that uh, there's going to be more people with their lights on. So bring the boys out there. I think um, I think like everything should just be like if you if you want to go go. Like, if yeah. you want to be open, be open. Well, that's what they're doing now. Now, that's, this is the new Not uh, really. Approach. Well, this is the new approach. This is the new official stance that the World Health Organization has, which is, guys, lockdowns has not worked. They did studies in the UK. Um, they've got um, Sweden issues around poverty. But Sweden, Sweden took the stance. Was it Sweden? I think it's Sweden. Sweden, yeah, Sweden no, took no the lockdown. stance, no lockdown. And just recently... Like maybe in the last couple of days, they were like, um, this is not working. This was a bad idea. This thing's going crazy here right now. Yeah, I, I, I've read different, but I, I don't think we know the outcome yet. I think that there's still more data that needs to be seen there, because you have to look at everything. You have to look at all the factors that could lead to um, a higher death rate and higher infection rate and all that kind of stuff. And it's a long term it's a long-term study. It's not something that we're going to see over one or two years. This Does herd immunity really exist? I don't know. <laughs> we will see. It doesn't What's seem like immune, it. Though? What's not immune, though, to uh, uh, a pandemic? Toronto real estate market. At the moment, the Toronto real estate market. So here, yes. we are going to do a little different again because okay. I can't I can't get things going here in, in an in a efficient fashion. 
I'm going to sure. go through all of these uh, headlines and then we will jump into it. We have a couple of uh, comments that we need to touch upon at some point during Absolutely. this episode. I got the deal of the week. Another I'm deal of the week. Two. Look at deal you. Deal of the week. I should have been a residential realtor. All right, here we go. Ready? Off we go to our negative Nancy at Better Dwelling. Remax turns bearish on con Toronto condo prices. Expects decline soon. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. Although we do, we have been seeing that already, like in real time, right? We know that condo prices are definitely, uh, at least in the resale market, going down for sure, especially in buildings where there's a ton of listings. But uh, let's go to this next one. <clears throat> a crazy time, quote unquote. This is serious because there's quotes. Okay. Toronto landlords dish out incentives as rentals cool. Like... This is just recycled garbage. This is not does news. news. Does the news report on the past, present, or future? Past. Past. Oh, I felt like I could get that one wrong almost. That was scary. Right. So we're, we're one step ahead, you and I. We're talking about things that we're seeing in the trenches that's actually happening today. We're looking at what might be happening in the future. By the time the news media gets a hold of it, it's old news. But this is literally old news. Like this yeah. this is not news. Anyways, no. that's they what they're talking about. They don't know about, so they have to be careful until enough sources come forward, right? You'd think BNN Bloomberg would have something more to talk about at this point, but I guess not. Start a real estate broker. Let's show them let's show them how to do this, okay? Let's show them right. what news is really all about. Bank okay. of Canada housing market support is gone. This is important. I spoke about this last week. This was the needle in the haystack that I had found or the, the little nugget that the Bank of Canada is no longer going to uh, be buying out all of these uh, mortgage, bonds. mortgage bonds. Yeah, so yeah. that's gone and people are now starting to talk about that more. Like that came up quite a bit. Um, also... Banking Watchdog says no plans to bring back special treatment for deferred loans despite second wave. So no more Mr. Nice Guy. Time to feel some pain. Absolutely. Uh, time to feel some pain. We can't, we can't defer things anymore. If they're got to figure it out. Just walk slowly because the cliff, whatever it looks like, is coming. Right on. That's what I. That's what I think from that. Yeah. Basically, that's just saying the banks are no longer going to have the flexibility in what they're doing, and it's got to be business as usual. They got to be collecting their 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 loan. Uh, they have to think again. They have to think before they give somebody some money now. And and setting aside uh, provisions for losses and doing everything as per the regulations to make sure that um, you know the, the the banks don't go under. I mean, that's that's really what it revolves around. Is we got to protect the banks because. Look what happened in the states there in 2008. But if all the, the bailouts, if the banks go down, we can we can problems. we can trade in dandelions. We can trade in dandelions. I yeah. would be I, fucking loaded if we were trading in July, dandelions right now. I would be. I would be. You know, June, July. I would be hitting. My lawn is large, a disaster. A year, it'd be it'd be a tough go. <laughs> okay, ready? Check this out. This, okay. I think, is in fact true. Okay. Canadian condo buyers at the beginning of the pandemic now nearly underwater. Say that again. 
So basically, basically, if you bought at the beginning of the pandemic, you're kind of fucked right now because the prices have have shrunken considerably. But underwater is not the is not the right term. Un- uh, well, there's potential there's potential for that. So if someone bought with five percent down, then basically with the with the mortgage insurance premium, and they closed on that price, and now in certain locations the prices might may have gone down, and there would be examples of people underwater. But also those people just got a mortgage, so they were scrutinized heavily, and they are probably as good as anybody to make those payments for the next five years. So, so it's based on yeah, five percent down payment. Yeah. Uh, blah 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 blah. Anyways, I mean, it's just a good way for Mister Negative at Better Headline. Dwelling to 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 <laughs> keep, underwater keep subscriptions okay. up. Okay, we have home prices just recorded second highest September increase in twenty two years. Haven't we already talked about what September, day, like October 21st? <laughs> like, what is That's going on? But you know what? See, I felt in my soul, okay, I felt that there was yeah. not that much going on this week. But then I looked through my articles and I was like, wow, there's a lot of articles. But there's no substance to most of these articles at all. Here, here's another one. Housing boom. Sales of million-dollar homes double. You've been talking about this for like, are you frozen or are you you're all right? Yeah, I'm just nodding. I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were frozen. You were like stoic, but yeah, you've been talking about this forever. Yeah, I don't know. It's more just headline okay. grabs. It went from like eight. What's going on in the past? But it went from eight sales to sixteen. But it doubled. I mean. This is big news no, here. Some of them went from like 185 up to 430. Like it was of million dollar, a million two dollars plus two plus million dollar homes. Wow, where's all this happening? Uh, we've had lots of more sales. Like York Region started to get activity again. Uh, Durham Region started to get activity again, and then even in the central areas too. I mean, I know we had a listing in Forest Hill that was sitting, and all of a sudden pandemic was kind of uh, gone away and, and people started to come back out again beginning of June, I'll say. And all of a sudden it's like multiple offers, you know, it's over $5 million. Wow. So people were buying, people were buying, people so, changed their spending habits when the pandemic uh, was after the first wave, we'll say. So boots on the ground, what are the numbers going to look like in for October? Like we're October 24th. What do you feel? Are we still uh, so on the, fire? The October, number, the October numbers have been still really strong. I mean, I'm talking to a lot of different people and I can tell you for sure that the market is not consistent throughout the city and that there's definitely some areas that are not as active, but like the Durham region, like the small cheapest houses on fire, fire parts of York region, still not as active. There's a lot of, a lot of inventory there. Um, Peel region. Some of the areas are, are just like, you can't get into them. You know, what about but what about and what about downtown Toronto? I mean, if you want to have a house downtown, it must be impossible. Or so, like when I'm looking at like uh, E1, E2, E3, so just East End, and I'm looking at you know Freeholds, C1, C2, C9, W1. These are all like really central locations. Yeah, very active. No, but like downtown, downtown. Yeah, that's the core property. So if they're freehold, there's just not a lot of those ever, and yeah. the inventory is super low. I got one coming up next week at Young and Bloor that. Um, we'll talk about, once, is that the uh, one that we talked about last time? What was the one at church church and uh, yeah, that one. 
Yeah. Okay, I wanted to know. Okay, so we'll talk about I'll that later. I'll give you later. all the specs once, I, once that goes live, yeah. Okay, a couple more uh, headlines here, and then we can get into our wonderful conversation that I look forward to every week. So, will Canada exceed 100,000 express entry invitations in 2020? The answer seems to be yes. Seems like it. It Express seems entry. like they're really trying to get That's people like the in. That's like the golden ticket in Charlie um, yeah. Chocolate Factory. Willy Wonka. <laughs> you know, Willy Wonka. That's but they're doing is. it. It's like it's a lottery. People are quite upset, you know, thinking that they're 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 getting their parents in or they're getting their family over. And sorry, not this time, sucker. It's not. It's not. It's not the best way of doing things. But if you, I don't, why, why is there even a limit? Why on can't what? people coming in? Like, come on. What do you mean? Why is there a limit? Why is there a limit? We, Bring them how in. How could we possibly, okay. Drug sure, dealer? No. Pro-immigration? Rapist? How, no. You're in. Okay. Money? Yes. You're in. So one, when, when things are rushed, those types of people will end up getting let in. But they're in two, here anyways. Two, okay. But they're doing everything they can to prevent that. Two, you know, there's a strain on the economy. There's a strain on housing. There's a strain on infrastructure. There's a strain on support. All the systems in place can only manage so much. So there has to be a limit. But I know that the government of Canada, like the federal government, has been putting in a lot of resources to make sure that we are increasing immigration because we know how vital it is. And we have an aging population and the skilled workers. Just just do a survey. Like call, call some guys over to your house and find out who really knows what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah, there's some young guys. Listen, a ton of them are older. I was in construction for a long time, and I know the answer to that. There's very few competent people. And it's not even that they're not competent. They're stretched so thin because there's such a demand for them that mm. it's impossible to do it properly unless you stay really lean. But if you stay really lean, it's really hard to make money. It's like it's a catch-22, right? And you can't, you can't uh, scale because it's hard to find guys just like you who can do the work. It's impossible. So, Nobody wants yeah. to do the work like the owner does. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, trust me, we need skilled workers. We need guys who are coming in here to... Robots. We need robots. The tech sector, the tech sector is growing. So there's a huge um, void in that industry. We need right? robots and 3D printers. Eventually, eventually. It's we'll happening, see. baby. Germany, happening. Germany. They're, they're printing yeah. a 3D house over there. I love it. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, love it. I, think, pre, I think prefab stuff is the best way to go. Well, prefab, that's not quite prefab, but it's pretty cool. Well, they're not printing it on site. They're printing it in the factory. No, no, no. This is like concrete 3D printing on site with these gigantic 3D printers. It's crazy stuff. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, layers of concrete on top of layers on concrete. It's it's insane. Yeah. But up in Aurelia, they're actually doing a uh, affordable housing project out of containers. It's really fucking ugly. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not a big fan. Inside, I think it's, not I think so it's a bad. stepping stone. It's a stepping stone to where we where we need to go and finding alternatives for prefab housing that maybe are using recycled materials or whatever. I think that that is the future. I just don't think it's going to be in the golden horseshoe area as a as a number one way to build right for a very long time. Well, because of, because of the aesthetics, lumber prices are at an all time high and on their way up even higher. I get it. Affordable housing is not even a reality anywhere on the planet. Even like no. Africa and India, it's expensive. But anyways, I digress. Here we go. This... Okay. Back on track. Back on track. This will, I think, come up a little bit later when we talk about one of our friend's comments. 
So these Toronto neighborhoods still have median house prices of less than $1 million. Ooh, and so, market. Some of them are fairly desirable, I think. A lot of mm-hmm. them are Scarborough, mm-hmm. which you know I love, and I know you love. I do. Uh, yeah, there's a, what do we got here? Rockcliffe and Morningside, Keysdale. There's a lot of places here that uh, you can still buy a house for under a million. So that might uh, tie into our conversation about where would you invest $100,000 these days. Uh, it may not, depending on your uh, risk aversion. Uh, here. Sure. This is kind of where I just want to start off the conversation, if you will allow okay. me, sir. I thought we started, but don't worry. Let's, let's pretend what happened didn't happen, and now let's start. Well, okay, here. Take two. Canadian companies that have filed for creditor protection since the pandemic began. And what I want to say, as nicely as I can, is I don't know that too many of these companies will be missed. Okay, I, but you know what? Le Chateau, I mean, that was listen. That was a hot spot for teenage girls for years. I mean, I Forget think some teenage of girls. I bought, okay. I, have, I bought plenty of clothes from Le Chateau. And well, I, a I bought fashionista, so well, you, know, you got stuff from everywhere. That's right. I mean, black I, I, t-shirts. It's I just... wonder where this black t-shirt is from. <laughs> um, okay. So, 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 but no. Listen, I, I mean, I bought from Aldo too, and they're gone. And I bought from Toys R Us too, and they're gone. And hey, guess what? Mm. If you look at my closet, there are shoes. Um, there's not too many toys around here. Not much use for Toys R Us. But if I did need something from Toys R Us, I'd order it on Amazon. Pier 1 just uh, took a dip into the uh, bankruptcy pool. But, like, okay, Mountain Equipment Co-op, Geox, like, there's no one on here where I'm like, ah, like, damn, like, this is going to, this is, life is going to really suck without David's tea. Like, who doesn't walk by David's tea and go, what the fuck is this all about anyways? Like, I mean, I like tea, but... And I buy stuff from David's. I buy stuff from there, but it's like I don't need to. Yeah. (laughs) Right, Cirque du Soleil. I mean, if that wasn't just Cirque du Soleil is getting getting help too, right? So they're they're a huge Canadian icon. So I think that that's going to be something that stays. Right now, they're just uh, restructuring. Right, restructuring. Yeah. GNC Holdings. I guess that's the uh, protein powder company. I mean, that's a lot of protein powder on those shelves. Yeah, that should be an online business. Most of we these have, we don't should need to be. have a bricks and mortars location for for uh, supplements. So, 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 and I'm going in order of of uh, I guess now and getting closer to the beginning of COVID. So we're going backwards in time here. Oh, but like, so, right. so May seventh, Aldo. Like, it wasn't the pandemic that must have killed them because that's pretty. That's a pretty quick fucking exit, right? Yeah. And Foodora, the food delivery service, on April twenty seventh, like. Am I missing something uh, here? That was a, that was um, because of unionization or, or an employment structure. That was that was the reason behind that. What, what, so Uber Eats is different than Foodora and Skip yeah, the so Dishes and contractors with Uber Eats and it was employees with Foodora. I could be wrong on oh. that, but I believe that that was the reason Foodora backed out, and it was the Canadian side because of what was going on in the states, something like that. So, Anyways, I, I know what you're saying. So that that was the reason why a, a, a service like that during the pandemic. Collapse. I just think that this is, you know, the it's unfortunate for the people that work at these places, but 
they'll be they'll be a ton of security in the first place well and they just who cares about these companies like they're all just redundant like there's so many people in that space like they're or they were dying breeds or they should be online because it just doesn't make sense to pay crazy mall rents in every single mall across the planet and have in like aldo you buy something from aldo online and then you take it back to the store so you can yeah. order like 18 pairs of shoes, keep one or none or three yeah. or 18, I guess, depending on who you are. But you take back the ones that don't fit or you don't like, right? So now all of a sudden the stores have to deal with all these people doing returns that weren't even bought from their stores. Like yeah. that must have helped put them out of business. That's crazy business model, but they have to compete. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... There. I wanted to get that out of the way that, yes. Well, I want to know now what all the executive packages are going to be with all these people under bankruptcy. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some some money spilling out of that, uh, those coffers. People eh? people will be able to afford those $1 million plus houses. Right. With their Absolutely. exit packages. Not in these top 10 areas, though. I mean, they're, they're, they're probably in the nicer part of towns. That's for sure. They are. Right. Oh, we got a wrestling match again. Our weekly yep. wrestling match. Yep. We should just let them. WWE. We should let them do it on screen. We'll have a segment. Yeah, we'll have a segment. Is it jujitsu or is it brawling? Uh, that's basically just uh, street fighting one over. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have a son and a daughter, so that never happens. There's some verbal assaults from time to time, but nothing physical. So what what does this mean? So, I mean, we're, we've got businesses shutting down. What is the retail landscape going to be when this all when this all settles down? I was thinking about it yesterday. Like I'm trying to think of all the different businesses that could be using this retail space. Are they just going to go uh, and restructure? Are they just going to completely forget about the old business plans that they had? And all these big REITs and, and organizations are going to end up converting these into different types of spaces. Like what what's going to happen? Well, if you're a, if you're in retail and you're an entrepreneur and you're not thinking like how do i avoid this when it happens the next time yeah you're you're out well you're, you're pretty you're pretty fucking slow and you're pretty stupid right so i think assuming that people are thinking like how do i make sure this doesn't happen again it's going to change drastically because the footprint of the physical has to change it can't be relied upon as the main source of income anymore your your Aldo example, though, I believe is the future. Okay, returns returns to well, physical. I'm not saying you need to return, but have some sort of cross um, collaborative uh, e-commerce and bricks and mortar locations for every type of business. Maybe you don't need as many. No, you but- need to have warehouses with a little retail at the front of the building. Right? Something like that. So yeah. that people can still get the experience if they want. They can do have some troubleshooting, you know, options if they need it, but really focus on the e-commerce side, right? So that's has to be. Yeah, so yeah, you know where you want to be? Yeah. You want to be in uh like what what what's it called? The the guys that sell like the repoed lots, the uh storage? No. No, no, no. When you buy like the closeouts and you you sell like pallets, liquidation guys, guys, like, you you know what? You take all these returns from the e-commerce places and resell them. They they almost give them away for for free. There was like a whole expose done on Amazon returns. Yeah. But auction max at uh, 400 and uh, 401. (laughs) No, but seriously, that's going to be very lucrative at some point. But yeah, I mean, listen. 
Main Street retail is going to change, but mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't know how. I mean, I'm not a retailer. I'm not really thinking we're, about it. We're I mean, get creative and it's and it's going to be in partnership with the landlords. But there's two schools of thought. I mean, for a physical presence, you probably do need bigger, wider space, like more expansive space for people to walk around like furniture, for example can't be the same model as like a little tchotchke store or whatever i mean i don't even i drive up and down young street for years going like how is that place in business i don't understand like this little how is that place in business how can they afford the rent they must they must live upstairs and own the building and like they're living off of appreciation for the last 30 40 years because who goes to the half of these little tiny hole in the wall specialty stores yeah yeah yeah. like i I mean i I know a few people who've got spaces that are it's a lot of stores though that have a really they've got the markup too yeah i don't they know they know where to source things they know how to to suck every bit of profit from every sale. Yeah, I mean, some of these stores are crazy, but uh, I have no idea what it's going to look like, but it's definitely going to look different uh, 100%. But I mean, it has to just be smaller physical space and more online. like it, or, or whatever it is, it has to be more online, 100 million yes. percent more yes. online. So the retail service jobs are going to be going <laughs> down and that more people will be getting into sort of industrialized or warehousing and things like that, that is going to be in the back end, helping bring products to consumers, not, not face to face. Well, and what's going to be even crazier is so Amazon, the best example of that, right. With all the people that they hire. Well, but okay. So, but companies like Amazon, for example, they get bigger and bigger and they get more automated right? There's more and more robotics involved in all those warehouses. And so what we're seeing right now is like this huge transfer of jobs for people where they're in this gig economy nonsense where they're driving Uber, they're driving Lyft, they're driving Amazon Flex and whatever other ride sharing and this and that kind of gigs they have out there right now. And then uh, yesterday or the day before, Tesla releases their beta testing for full autonomous vehicles so what's going to happen is you got all these people flooding into these new industries because they have to get out of the old ones that are going to be replaced in like five six years by robots and autonomous vehicles i wholeheartedly disagree with you daryl oh do you have automation i know that automation is coming and i and i am a hundred percent behind it that is going to be the way that we need to be able to restructure almost every industry possible. But I believe automation creates more jobs. It definitely creates different jobs for sure. And I, and I believe that automation will solve more problems and make things better for people. So whether we go down to a, a shorter work week or whatever it is, but automation is going to create a wealthier society. For sure it will. Oh, no. Listen, I'm not saying it as a bad thing. I'm saying it as it's going to be another interesting shift in the economy as all these people, like all these people are rushing to go work for Walmart and and Amazon because that's who's hiring right now, right? And people like money. And then all of a sudden, in four or five years, all those new truck drivers are going to not have jobs anymore because Amazon also ordered like, I don't know, a thousand autonomous trucks from Tesla or some crazy number, 300. Well, 
but this is what's this is what's going on so what will even be more interesting is how does it affect real estate because i imagine these big gigantic warehouse sites will become in higher demand for sure you're going to start seeing stuff downtown that are like turning into warehouses because they need a place to like ship all this stuff from from the downtown to do two hour delivery or whatever they're going to start doing next even a day it's going to be who knows i mean i know amazon is buying all these old malls and they're buying like old theaters and just gigantic spaces to make more probably like what we're talking about with you know some retail and a ton of warehouse space right well, that's the plan, right? So there's going to be a, this is, we're in a, we're in the middle of a revolution right now. There's all sorts of new th- stuff that's coming. We've got new ideas. We've got new uses and that, that labor force though, like I know that there's lots of people out there who are, who are probably struggling with their, with their jobs, but it seems like the bulk of the positions that are being lost are in the retail services, which is lower skilled workers. And I believe that those workers, it's a lot easier for them to go and restructure and go into um, retail to uh, warehousing at Amazon to working in the industries where uh, the automation products are construction be so, construction uh, exactly so I don't believe that there's really going to be I think it's just a shift I don't believe it's going to be a shift void of jobs there's going to be more jobs there's going to be more creation infrastructure immigration is going to lead to more uh, jobs and more creation mo- mainly through construction absolutely yes right? it's a good it's time a- to live in Toronto these are all beautiful things. They're all beautiful. It's just nobody likes change. Everybody wants things to remain the same. And we always look, we always compare ourselves to our parents' generation. So we're always like, well, that's how my dad did it. He had the same job for 30, 40 years. I can't hold a job for more than five. What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. That's the, just the way that things are going. The thing, a lot has changed. It's, it's, it's another revolution. And it's an, it's an industrial, a technological, a social revolution of almost every area of our lives, right? Medical. Right. So there are all these different things that we have to understand as being part of the human experience. And I think that this is a really great time to live, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to come out of this. And real estate's never going to go away again. You and I, let's just do another quick survey. This is new now because, you know, we haven't done this for a couple of weeks. Are any of our current friends or family members homeless? Still no. So it's a unanimous decision. You too, and right? Neither one, us, neither one of us has homeless friends or family members. Everybody's living with a roof over their head, whether it's in a rental or shared space or their own private space, whatever it is. So our populations grow. We already know we can't keep up with the construction. We already know that there's not enough places to live. I'm going to lead into one of our comments right now. Yes, good segue. Why, and this is why micro units are always going to be in demand. And it is a wave. It's it a, a wave. wave. We're going through it because cheap, affordable housing has to be an option. Okay, so hold on. Let me read the let me read the comment now. Sure. I think this is the one you're talking about. Okay, so our good friend Brian, great show, guys. Thank you. If there is expected to be less demand for downtown condo suites that are six to seven hundred square feet, mine are two bed, one bath. Smart. In the future, then should investors sell these properties post-COVID once the condo market eventually gets hot again? If, generally speaking, the Toronto real estate market is 15 years behind the New York real estate market, given the deteriorating state of the Manhattan residential condo rental and resale markets, should investors start exiting the downtown condo market 
by the year 2030. And then maybe we can add the other comment because they kind of, we're talking about rental again. It's all kind of one and the same. So then our our friend Truth came back. Thank you. Um, I just find it fascinating how in 2018-19, bond yields went negative. Then the coronavirus hit. Canadians have never been more in debt per household and house prices are still going up. It's like an alternate universe or something. If an individual has 100K saved up today and wants to look for cash flowing properties, what would be your advice? Would love to hear. What do you think about buying a home, moving into the basement and renting the top or both? But I'm thinking about saving the capital gains as well. So rental is on people's minds. Okay, we'll get to truths after. Let's just start here with the micro units by 2030. So what's our projection? We already know that the Federation of Rental Housing Providers are already talking about... Um, Shortfall. 200,000 units. We know that in order to be able to build that many units at 200 uh, units per um, building, we need 100 new buildings a year. Okay? There's currently 124 cranes. Not all those buildings are going to be built within the same year. Some of them, it could be over the next two or three years. How many more cranes are we going to add over the next two or three years? So let's say we could probably guarantee between 60 and 70 buildings a year. And these would all be high-rise buildings, which they're not all high-rise buildings. Okay? Let's just say we could do that. We're still going to be short 30 different buildings. Right? Where are all those people going to live? If we've got 200,000 shortfall units and we we have 30% that we're not going to be able to come up with, that's going to be 60,000 units short over the next 10 years. Where are people going to be forced to go to? That's a, that's best case scenario. That's like we we target every single uh, operation we can and, and get all those buildings built and we find land and we cut the red tape and we do everything properly and we, we really chip away at that, um, that shortfall. You're still going to be short a lot of units. And what's going to happen is a lack of supply is going to create pressure on prices like we've seen in the past. And yes, we're going through a downturn and yes, micro units aren't in demand. But when people have no choice... They look at, just like New York, Tokyo, Paris, London, they look at finding smaller, affordable units to be able to live in, and those micro units will come back. For the next few years, I would say pre-construction, buying any, any smaller units is not a great, a great thing to do because there's going to be less of a demand for them. But as far as getting out of the condo market, I wouldn't say I'd have to know more about your situation and what your long-term goals are, but I wouldn't necessarily paint it as black as if you own a small unit right now you should get rid of it by 2030 or else i i think that that's that would be irresponsible of me and i think that there will be a demand for those micro units once the supply gets uh, shrunken up again and we get back to uh, business as usual which is heavy immigration uh high, low unemployment rate uh accessibility issues for people to be inside the city our transit system sucks let's just make sure everybody understands that that all these people who are talking about moving to the suburbs that's fantastic but when you have to be in the city again and you realize the commute and you realize the stress it takes to be able to get from A to B, I promise you there's going to be a lot of people who cannot afford to lose two or three hours a day driving, who can't afford to spend the money on gas or a vehicle, and they're going to need public transit. And we only have so many options in the city. Yeah, and I mean, when we point to New York City right now, I mean, this is unprecedented times. You're talking about the most densely populated city in the biggest outbreak 
area on the planet where density is an issue no but no during a time when information flows so quickly from so many places and is not verified that like nobody knows what the fuck to do the easy thing is to just get the hell out of there but it's not like people have not fled new york in the past for one reason or another and it's not like new york hasn't been like overvalued forever and had little corrections along the way over time like people are going to go back to new york for sure this is an opportunity for a lot of people right this is an opportunity for a lot of people that have been in jersey or wherever the hell and are like oh shit i can afford to live in manhattan now right Mm. all the all of the stuff that isn't currently there like broadway and whatever else, the retail, the, the restaurants, all that stuff is going to come back in some form or another. There will still be an appeal to live in the downtown core of these major cities. 100%. So what you're saying is in Manhattan, it's an opportunity because of the oversupply right now and that you can probably get something that didn't exist at a price point uh, you know, in the past. So is that not the same in Toronto? Of course it's the same in Toronto. So here we go. Mr. Kondo Wong has given us seven levels of investors. And what he says is that most investors are level three, which basically tend to follow the pack. They don't think about the macros of things. So here, this is my take on things. And I've said it before. If you need $100 a month to think that you have a good cash flowing deal on your hands you should not be an investor you should not be in real estate it's way too tight and if you are stretched so thin that that is a good deal for you then when a downturn happens you have to be able to absorb it or you have to get the hell out but If you have a good investment and it's cash flowing well and you're not like over leveraged all over the place, then the dumbest thing in the world would be to sell a piece of Toronto real estate. Because history shows that over time it goes up like crazy. And on top of that, our government is flooding the market with not cheap money, free money. There's no interest on CERB and CRB, right? There's some taxes, but it's free money, right? People are getting loans for 0% for 24 months. It's free money. So they're pumping the system full of free money. And they're not like, they're, 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 I think the Bank of Canada recognized, you know what, like things are going better than we planned. We're going to take our foot off the gas for a bit. We're not going to back this thing up, but... The minute it starts to crater again, it's back. They're Mm -hmm. not going to let it crater. Interest rates are never going up more than a point in the rest of our lifetimes. Like we are going to live in inflation until something major happens, which is going to be that the United States dollar is not the reserve currency anymore, or they go into such hyperinflation because they printed so much money that they're going to die. But the reality is that every country on the planet is hyperinflating their currency together. And all that does is it, it, it makes delusions. It, it, it creates these assets that are in numbers worth more overnight, right? If we all, if we all become billionaires tomorrow. Then who gives a shit about being a billionaire? 
the benefits of being a billionaire no longer exist. Right. Now, the, the reality is that most people don't own assets, right? So it benefits. And, and this is but why the cost, of goods, the cost of goods and services will go up. Because yeah. now all of a sudden it's like, well, what do you mean I can't get my hair cut at three o'clock? No. Well, how much is that guy paying? Well, he's paying 50. I'll pay 100. Yeah. I'll be there at three. Yeah. You don't let him in the door. Yeah. And then that guy says, well, what do you mean someone bumped me out? How much is he paying? 100? Yeah. I'll pay you 200. I got all the money in the world. So that's how inflation is. It becomes an economic principle of supply and demand where there's only so much services. There's only so much good. There's only so much food. There's only so much shelter. There's only so much all these items. And if everybody has the means to be able to pay those prices, those prices will go up. Yeah. Well, or if you keep bringing their ability, right, then people will start saying, well, what do I got to do to make more of these products? Sure. Eh? And they'll go to the suppliers and the suppliers will say, well, in order for me to get those supplies, we need to pay more because everybody else is getting the same thing. Or we and have to produce more. And when the suppliers are saying, I need to produce more, they're saying, well, I need more employees. And the employees say, I'm worked to the bone. They said, okay, we'll pay you more. So we'll pay you more, more. We'll get you all comfortable and we'll replace you with robots as soon as possible. (laughs) And then the cycle continues. Exactly. But I'm not even joking. This is a new cycle. This is, I I agree with you. I want to answer the comment first about uh, truth now, because we, we we sort of touched on Brian Jordan's. Did we give him an answer? Did we give him an answer? Yeah. Hang on to that. Especially if it's two bedrooms, that's going to be worth even more. If you paid, uh, if you if you're cash flowing right now and things are good and you've got equity, but just do we? Like said, but do we consider do what do we consider cash flow? Positive cash flow, but like forty three dollars. We're okay with forty three dollars. As a new investment, no. But let's look at you know the current situation because they could have been having a five hundred dollar a month cash flow before the rental crisis, and now they've got to rent it out at a lower price. So it may have gone from but 500 that, that to means it's good. That means you can absorb this kind exactly. of thing, right? That's why I'm case by case based on what you're But there's no case where $43 as the initial return is good, right? No. Oh, okay, good. We don't count appreciation in five years of what we think it will be worth as part of our... Okay, thank you. Go. Okay, yeah, what were you saying? Truth. Truth. $1,000 investment, right? 100000 100000 100,000. So if you bought 20% down, it's a half a million dollar property. That's assuming you have all the other closing costs. Yes. Okay. The reality is in Toronto, that's not going to be a very viable investment and that there's going to be some issues down the road and you're going to have, um, you're going to be over leveraged on that and uh, it may not be something that's going to work for you. So what I recommend and any investor do, especially young investors my age, is to go and find a real estate agent in a small town. You got Windsor, you got Barrie, you got Peterborough, you got North Bay, anywhere. Find find a place. Find a realtor who's also an investor himself, who owns real, rental properties, who has proven a, a system that he's been able to find cash flowing properties, who also sells properties. So then he's going to be motivated to find you good deals because he gets paid. And, and hook up with that guy or girl and make sure that they know that you're serious and that you want to find properties and that he'll point you in the direction for contractors and property managers and he'll help you bring bring him in that you might find through the real estate investment network or something like that. And you'll get into properties in an area that are going to be cheaper than Toronto that are going to have better cash flows that, you know, maybe you won't see the appreciation that you're hoping to get from the Toronto real estate market, but it'll be in a safe neighborhood with, with, with positive cash flow that is going to be sustainable. That is going to be, 
uh, you know, re recession proof, that you're going to be able to build equity and think about it not as how much is my asset going to be worth, but how can I uh, pay down that principal and be able to refinance later on to be able to go and buy another one like that. And your mindset should be my asset will never increase in value, but I'm okay because of how much income I'm generating from it and how I'm paying off that um, principal. And then I'll be able to take that money and put it into something else. And I'll be able to buy all these $200,000 units with other people's money that I'm generating from rent. And if they're all worth 200 grand at the end of the day, that's okay. I'm all right with that because I know that I've got a proven system that's going to pay that principal down and generate income for me and that the expenses are never going to exceed the income that I generate. And that's, that's a system in place. Everything else is all make belief and smoke and mirrors and real estate agents will tell you all sorts of nonsense to get you to make bad decisions. Find somebody who's doing it themselves and who's got invested interest in helping you because they're going to want to help you build your portfolio in that area. And you could buy one every few years. And if you're in your twenties or thirties, that's a lot of business for that person. And that's a good relationship to start. It's just not happening in Toronto at that price, that price, unfortunately. You can do this in your 40s and 50s as well. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. And <laughs> maybe in your here. 60s. Yeah. Yeah. And hey. if you're familiar with other provinces, like if you've got knowledge in Florida, like there's other areas to go to. I know guys in the States and I know guys out throughout Canada. I'm, I'm just not. You should be able to drive to the thing if you need to get there for some reason quickly. The laws in Florida are actually really favorable to landlords and the people who sure. have properties in Florida swear by it. They're like, it's, it's the best. It's like things it's don't so go wrong. Cheap like, though. Nope. It's so cheap. It's crazy. I, I don't understand how they can build houses for the price they sell them for in the States. But anyways, you never get investment advice from somebody who's not doing the same thing. I think that is sound, sound advice. I mean, that's really, I mean, how much is a $400,000 mortgage right now? What's that monthly payment? How much is a hundred thousand bucks right now? $42 per 10 grand. 42 at under 2%. Something like that. Yeah. That was the last time I checked. Wow. I would have thought it'd be more like 35 bucks or even less these days. But anyways, whatever, whatever it is. Well, I mean, it makes a difference. So let's just say 400 bucks for argument's sake, every 100,000. So what's our mortgage on this thing? If we put 100 down and we have 400, so 1,600. So, I mean, that doesn't give you too many places to buy something where, because you really should be getting like over two grand a month, right? For that house. So 2,500 bucks maybe. So you're making a few hundred bucks after you're paying for insurance and maintenance. And duplex opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, I mean, he mentioned in uh, about a basement and, uh, and renting the main floor to somebody else or something. But even just finding one of these $500,000 houses and renting the basement separate from the main floor. Okay, so let's go put to the other part of that question is, do, you, do I recommend people move into the basement and rent out the upstairs? Absolutely. If you're Absolutely. young, yeah. If you live at home and rent out both units, great. But if you're going to say, look, I'm going to go and get a condo and I'm going to be paying two grand a month. I'm okay paying two grand a month. That's well within my budget. But the bank is able to qualify me. And you could buy legal duplexes and use 50% of the income to try to, to try to qualify as well too. But let's just say you're not doing that. The bank is able to qualify you to be able to buy uh, a larger home. And then you can go into an area like Oshawa or you can go and find something that is, um, you know, maybe in new market, uh, you know, there's a few opportunities out there where you can get into maybe the $600,000 price range. 
Yeah. Because it's going to be your principal residence, you could qualify for less than 20% down payment and then move into the basement because now the income you're generating above plus the $2,000 that you were willing to pay for that condo, condo and you're basically getting the same space is going to help pay off your principal a lot faster. Sure. Yeah. You want to hear you want to hear my idea? Okay, let's hear it. It's probably a little further out of the realm of realism for most people. Sure. But this is where my head went. Okay. There are some decent areas that you can buy a commercial property, like a retail on a main street with a couple of apartments above it for yep. eight fifty, a million, somewhere in that price range. So let's say you have 10%. Right yeah, you can still get it financed with 10% because listen, it gets, it gets better. Okay. <laughs> so you want to find something on a main drag somewhere near like an LRT or a subway or something of that nature. Mm. And you want to find a corner and you want to find something that is one or two stories. You want something two stories with two rental apartments, but you want room for growth. Sure. And I think you could easily, very easily get financing, even with just that hundred grand to put like another couple of apartments on top of it. But even just with the hundred grand and financing the rest, I think you could probably make a cash flow because you're going to have two apartments in the city of Toronto for, I don't know, they're going to be decent sized units above a retail like, you know, one of these 20 foot wide retails with two, two apartments above. So let's say two grand each a month for, for above 1800. Okay. Plus another two grand, 25, 3000 for down below and you're cash flowing baby. And if you can add property taxes though, are, are a lot more. Yeah, they're higher, but they also get passed on to the retail tenant. So, so I think it's an option. It's it, that's a harder find. It's, I don't know if it's harder to find. It's harder to find somebody that would want to do that. And it takes a lot of work to actually finance and put that thing together. But it would be very, very lucrative because then, yeah, Danforth, Bloor West, like there's a lot of these things actually. And, and what happens is, you know, if you have a, a longer outlook later on, somebody's going to come knocking and say, uh, we'd like to buy this as uh, part of our development site and uh, we'll, we'll take you out. And then you'll go, the fuck you will i want in let's do this let's do this let's make a few mil baby yeah if you're if you're yeah you're willing to to buy and hold that eventually will happen if you're on a main street like that if you're on a i don't think you should invest world. to buy and sell like if you're investing as cash flow like you're a cash flow investor you should buy to hold forever good that let's talk about the deal of the week the deal of the week Oh, that was good. <laughs> no sound effects needed. So, um, guy came to us uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks TK's ago. Deal of the week. Beautiful. And he said, uh, I've been listed with another broker. Uh, I haven't been able to get the property sold. This is the price that I'm hoping to get. He put himself in a situation because he spent a lot of money on a reno. This is off Bloor Street in the West End in Etobicoke. And uh, he, put, he put himself in a position where he spent a lot of money on a reno and wanted to sell. And of course, Nobody wants to lose money, right? So he had the property listed at a million four fifty. Wasn't getting any activity. Where is that. this? Bloor and where? Bloor, Bloor West, like West, West and Bloor, Topico. 
So he ended up um, saying to me, what, what do I need to do to get this sold? Let me see what it is that, that you know, is, is a possibility. So I looked at the sales. The sales are all between 1.2 and 1.325. Those are the sales. So where'd 1.4 right? come from? Uh, because of how much money he invested in the property. Oh, so he has to get 1.4. <laughs> Over to break even, right? Ooh. Yeah, so he's in bad position. So we looked at this. I looked at the sales. I'm looking How at did that market. happen? Didn't prices go up? What the hell did he do? He overspent. That's just the way. He overpaid in 2016, 17, and he overspent. So he, was, he got caught. By enough? Over. Hold on. Since 2016, there has been a significant amount of appreciation in this market, has there not? Yes. And so he bought something so over market yes. value and put so yes. much extra into it that he is that. Okay. Yes. Two. Okay. Bad. That's what happens sometimes. This is real estate. These stories come up all the time. So um, I said, well, look, there's already listings right now that are sitting at 1.3. They're not moving. So let's list it at 1.2. Remarket the whole entire thing, get all new photos done, get it out to as many people as possible. And let's see if we can create a bidding war in this type of situation to make somebody pay the price that you need to. Because there was some incentive because it's a larger lot it's on a street that has a lot of custom homes so my play was somebody wants to buy it they're going to rent out the basement because it's got an apartment they're going to hold it and maybe 10 years later they can go and build a 4,000 square foot home on this great wide deep lot because it was a great lot right but it's just a small little bungalow so a lot of people thought eh, it's just it's not really a great size so anyways we had um few dozen showings uh we had uh half a dozen offers Prices started to come in. There was about three of them that were all up in that range. Got them up to about 1.4. Ended up talking to them, you know, about what the situation was, and said, you know, this is where I need you guys to improve to to make this to make this work. And he ended up getting over a million four fifty. Ended up just getting over the price that he was listed at before because we were able to leverage the competition from the multiple offers. We were able to show the buyers the value by explaining to them what he had done and, and, and where that value is and where that value is going to be in the future. And that the lot itself is worth the price that they're paying because in the future, if they had to build something 4,000 square feet, it, it's going to be uh, a profitable build, right? Which is the, the uniqueness about this type of situation is that most of the times tearing down the house and building doesn't make sense. You're going to lose money. In this situation, there was enough spread. There was some of the houses were $2.83 million. So you could use that lot in the future and those prices will only go up. So it means building on that lot would be successful. So sold it. Uh, it, it was a big win. Uh, he was happy. The buyers were happy. They got what they want. Obviously, you know, we did our job and uh, that was the deal of the week. TK's deal of the week. <laughs> Brought to you by Frank Leo and Associates. We need, yeah, we need more sponsors, but that's okay. We'll work on it. This episode is brought to you by... Uh, Colgate. Colgate. Colgate, yeah, that's good. Keep your teeth clean, nice and shiny, and bacteria-free. Sensitive. Well, for, our last, for our last 10 minutes of the segment, what what do we got here? Uh, not much. Okay. Final well, comments. I mean, we uh, I think we I think we had a pretty good show there. Yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing uh, activity. So just just quickly on the condo market because that condo I was talking to you about. That Lots was, of launches, uh, actually. Lots of launches. You want to talk Let's about that? that? Let me just quickly talk about the, the condo that I sold last week. That was the one that we were talking about cash flowing because it was 1,370 square feet. We were selling it for like Oh, yeah. Jesus. That, that one sold 22000 over asking. We had four offers. 
crazy. Yeah, but that, I mean that. Those, yeah, that's it. There's there's a ton of demand out there still. It's just there wasn't a ton of supply in that building. There wasn't a lot of stuff in Scarborough for sale. There was there was a ton of activity on it, and people said, "No, this is a great deal, and I want to buy it." Because just, where else at McCowan and Shepherd could you go and get something for half a million bucks? So you're getting thirteen hundred and seventy square feet, good maintenance fee, good well managed building. So and the condo market is collapsing. So just to re rebut on the on the Remax article, you know, it is not it is not necessarily true about the overall condo market. You have to look at the building. You have to look at the the area it's in. You got to understand the condo market very well because I think a lot of people could be doing stuff out of fear and missing out on opportunities in the outskirts. Because if they do need to go into a condo, urban flight leaving poor demand for Toronto condos. Urban flight, yeah. This so those, is why Remax areas, but low Remax. interest rates fuel buying more houses. I get that. That makes sense. Greater Toronto condos are seeing sharp oversupply. Did I say I great or greater? Greater Toronto condos are seeing sharp oversupply. I agree. These are all headlines within the article, just like driving the nail in the coffin. So launches, what's going on? Launches. Because I'm seeing a lot of stuff in Vaughn only. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think... Uh, actually, there was one downtown, 10 Prince Arthur. I've been watching this deal forever. Prince yeah. Arthur's like Bloor and Avenue. It's a small site. Prices yeah. starting from the three millions. It's nice. It's gonna... So I'm, I'm looking at a building down at Young and Queens Key just because somebody was talking to me about it. And uh, yeah, they've had some nice luxury $2.5, $2.8 million sales in the last month. So there's some luxury condo buyers they're... working their magic out there. They want more space and they don't want to go to the freehold. There definitely is. There's a couple of uh, launches in Scarborough. We've got tricycle condos. This is, I think, <laughs> phase three, I think. Phase three. Okay. What I'm noticing, though... And there's another one on Kingston Road, Perch Condos. I'm interested yeah, to see what like prices this comes out at. And then all kinds of stuff all over. Green Hill, Berkshire, Cache Park, the Stanley. These are all over the place. Oshawa, Oakville, Brantford, and Niagara. Like There's all kinds of launches, but just not much in Toronto, per se. Um yeah. What else do we have here? Well, is that because developers are afraid that they're not going to get the money that they need? Or what's going on with that? Um, well, I think people are just kind of waiting to see if they don't have to launch right now. I mean, the worst thing possible would be to have a disastrous launch, right? It's like, it's like putting up a, a house on the MLS and it not selling. It gets like a stigma. You know, it's yeah. like, why didn't this sell? What's but wrong these, with it? These guys, because their pockets are so deep, they're not acting out of fear. They've got, you know, um, strategies in place that have been proven time and time again. And right now they're looking at the risk of launching and failing and saying it's not worth it. Or they Unless just don't have anything to launch. But I think I see like, for example, no, 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 no. Like this year. My, uh, my cousin's uh, company which is a big company called Lifetime Developments. Like I've seen a bunch of advertisements come through my email from them of like remaining supply sale, like these yeah. four, you know, buildings, sale, sale, yeah. sale. And then what I'm seeing in all of these launches, which either I'm crazy or this is something new or I don't know what's going on, but they're all 
releasing the big, uh, less desirable units first, instead of saving them till the end. Because I guess it's a different pool of buyers that are out there right right now. It's not well. I inventory with the one bedrooms and say, okay, you know what? Maybe that's not what people are going to be looking for. I, I think it's partially that, and it's like, let's see if we can get rid of some of the shitty units earlier before we really launch all the good stuff. But are they the shitty units, or are they the ones that are actually more desirable right now? I think, I think if the buyers are local, they've always been the more desirable, right? But again, yeah. it's price point. Like out in uh, the perch here in Scarborough, I mean, the price point's not going to be anywhere close to, you know, starting in the three millions. No. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're going to we're going to see what's going on. I, I'm really interested. There's three launches in Scarborough to see how successful they are and what prices they, they sell at. Obviously, for for purely selfish reasons but it i think it's also just an indicator i mean stuff in thornhill is launching over a thousand dollars a square foot stuff in mississauga is going over nine hundred dollars a square foot like everything's crazy crazy but there's really down at young and queen's key with lake views and i'm seeing people struggling to get a thousand dollars per square foot in the resale market yeah i'm like what is going on it's gonna be a real interesting time and i think we're gonna be talking about the same shit for a few more weeks for sure, if not a few right. more months. I don't That's know okay. that anything new will come out, but I mean, as long as we're talking about what's currently going on, and we're not like the media talking about the past. Yeah, I think uh, we're helping people. Oh, actually, the most important question of them all, which yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Did you see the new Borat movie? No, that looks good though. Oh, it's Borat. so funny. I thought you were gonna say, "How come the people listening right now haven't subscribed?" Some of them have. I want more importantly, who unsubscribed? You, this channel's not big enough to handle unsubscribers yeah. yet. Okay, we see yeah. them. Yeah, like, is, like, share, subscribe. That's those are the only words we know. Please don't unsubscribe. God, just delete the notification or something, please. Yeah. Might as well leave a negative comment or something, you know. But keep that subscription up. Keep the subscription up. Like, share. Blah, 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 blah. Good to see you, Mr. TK. Thanks for having me again, Daryl. And uh, we'll chat again soon. And let's see what the next week of real estate uh, comes up with in Toronto. Boom. New on Curiosity Stream, uncover engineering secrets from history's greatest masters. From the mysteries of the first man-made waterways to the building techniques of the early Americas, it's ancient engineering. Plus, 40 tons of trucks speeding down the interstate can be a recipe for disaster. See how today's smarter new age big rigs pave the way for safer highways on high-tech trucks. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.